Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify Him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles. Yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah Grace and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Guys with Bibles. I'm Scott. I'm Sean. And I'm Lee. <laughs> that that was a very formal introduction. That was Did good. You like that? I thought I was Did ready for like church, man. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good it, too. It's just been so long funny. since we've been in church. Yeah, that it's been so long. We did like I've an apostolic reading right there. Yeah. Do the ironic like, blessing at the end, dude. I think I think it's great. I think we should start with that from now on. Yeah, that was good. Did you like that? That was yeah, pretty cool. I like it. I, I like, like it. it. Did you like it? I like it so it. much. Okay. All right. So we are back in Ephesians. So sad. We are back in Ephesians, and we left off last time um, at the end of verse 10. Um, You're I think right. You're correct. We're going to start in 11 and 12 and hopefully get to 13, maybe, if Lord willing. Um, depends on where the Holy Spirit leads us today. Um we're done when he says we're done. That's right. <laughs> That'll preach. That'll preach. That'll but anyways, preach. so we left Look off. Up in here. Um, in verse it's preaching 10. time. <laughs> Let's just uh, do a recap. Um, so in verse nine and ten was um, the administration of the mystery. Uh, it refers to the way God's great plan is carried out through the church and to Paul's work in the denomination. Uh, to demonstrate and teach God's great purpose in Christ. Um, also in verse 10, we saw the rulers and the authorities in heavenly places. Um, they are either angels who are witnesses to these events. Um, you can also look in 1 Peter 1, 1.12, um, or their hostile spirit forces opposed to God. Um, you can see this in Ephesians 2.2 or in 6.12 as well. Um, so as we're moving forward, we're now in verses 11. Um, so in verse 11, this was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. So yeah, here ends the reading. Here ends the reading. We have we have these two verses, and it's. Paul's beginning this, and he's he's starting with, this was in accordance with the eternal purpose with which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. He is carrying on the, the thought that he had up in verses um, 8, 9, and 10 um, in, in chapter 3. So we're diving into what we were just discussing previously. Yes. Lee, Sean, what do you guys got? 
Well, first, first of all, uh, the the very first word, this, we need to establish exactly. We need to backtrack and make sure people know what this is referring to. Does everybody agree with that? What is it? What is it? Um, what well, is if you it? jump back to verse eight, it's this grace was given to me. He's talking about the grace of God, the salvation granted by God to all believers. This is according to his eternal purpose. So we need to, let's get that out of the way right off the bat. Make sure everybody knows yeah, what God we're talking about. God was just about. making this up as he went along, and he just thought of this thing, and then he did it. Yes. This is guys with Bibles and we're out. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> does everybody no! does everybody agree with me on that though, right? Yeah. Okay. No, that's yes I do. And it's for sure. And it also reminds me, uh, brings me back to the covenant of redemption. Yes. Because this is an eternal purpose accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. This has always been the purpose of God to save his people through the Son. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um this this uh this plan has been in existence for since eternity past. So this is no new thing. Um and in fact, you know, we talk about he talks about in this verse how this is in accordance with the eternal purpose. We see little whispers of that eternal purpose all throughout the Old Testament, and especially sitting where we're sitting on this side of the cross, seeing the fulfillment in Christ, you can see that foreshadowing throughout the entire Old Testament that leads up to this moment. So, yeah, we can definitely say all of this is in accordance with, with God's eternal purpose, and he carried it out in Christ Jesus. So we're not... And that's a, an essential part of it, too. We can't see any of this stuff if we're not seeing it through Christ. You know, this isn't right. some this isn't something right. that can be imparted by some guy who calls himself a prophet now. This isn't some guy who called himself a prophet in the 20th century or the 19th century or 18th century or whatever. This is through Christ only. He's the one who worked out that covenant of redemption in, in, our time, in, in earth time, um, right. in the Incarnation. Right. Yeah. Now, it's it's invalid if it's done through anybody else. If you think right. it can be done through anybody else. Now, in verse twelve, when we get to verse twelve, um, I found a good source from a life application Bible study Bible, um, and it, it said in verse twelve, "It is an awesome privilege to be able to approach God with freedom and confidence. Most of us would not be able to apprehensive." Um, apprehend the the presence of God and His powerful, powerful ruler, but thanks to Christ by faith we can enter the enter directly into God's presence through prayer. We now we know we will be welcomed with open arms because of God's children. We are God's children through our union with Christ. So I thought I thought it was a very good illustration on what. Paul is trying to say here, I can't read this Bible. Yeah. It's super it, small print. <laughs> You're getting old, yeah, man. It's like, well, it's super far away from me, and I'm just sitting here going, like, I'm losing my place. <laughs> well, and people, the they think the boldness word is really key there because people will take boldness 
when we talk about it today as like being rash or being reckless having a reckless it's love not that at all yeah it's not oh, reckless please, love no, don't even. <laughs> I, you know what it's late enough now I, i'll probably go on a tirade if i don't watch myself yeah sit on me jesus yeah <laughs> uh, so the boldness aspect i i have to think about that in terms of the temple service so we get to come before the throne and it's sort of analogous to when the high priest would enter the holy of holies and he had to do all the, the preparations to get ready he could only do that one day a year it could only be the high priest he had to have a, a rope tied around his waist so that if he died while he was in there, because that was definitely something that could happen, he could be dragged out by helpers in the outer chambers. Right. Do I hear Bethel right now? Is that reckless love I hear? <laughs> I'll turn that up. How dare you. How dare you. Yeah, that is reckless love. I just thought I'd play oh it. My sweet that is getting cut. Just, just to get oh, under. Oh no, we're leaving that in. We're leaving that. In. Oh, that is it. getting cut like a bad hey, church song. The oh. funny thing is, it was his background music as he was talking. <laughs> yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Mercy. So it was perfect. Um. So w- now in the new covenant, that work that the high priest has done is is fulfilled, so that we can come before the throne, and it's not the ark of the covenant. It's not. In, in a back room of a temple in Jerusalem, it can be anywhere, and we can come before his throne um, in spirit and truth and bring our complaints or and praises and petitions and all these things. All of that is now, because of that grace through Christ, is all fulfilled, and uh, we, don't, we don't have fear uh, in coming before him. I all actually right. uh, <clears throat> am reminded of Hebrews 10, verse 19. Where it says, therefore, brothers and brothers, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, and then he goes on to list certain things, and because of Christ's sacrifice, we can, verse 22, draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Verse 23, let us hold on to the confession of our hope uh, without wavering, since he has... he who promised is faithful and then verse 24 and let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works so we can where are you at hebrews 10 starting i I started at verse 19 but but that boldness aspect it made me think of hebrews 10 19 where it says therefore brothers since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of jesus i uh yeah it just reminded me of that I was thinking of actually Hebrews four fifteen through 16, um, for where it says, For nice. we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize right. with yeah. our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near within confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's, that's the verse that I really thought of. Hey, Mike! Amen! You know, praise God. So yeah, I I, thought I had a cross reference too about um, similarly from First John. This is First John three twenty one no, twenty two. I did. I really did. And my <laughs> finger was was pointed to it before anybody, any of uh, all of you guys even talked. I should have took it. Uh, 
First John 3.21, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Right, right. It's that same confidence thing. You know, we don't have to shrink away. Um, if we have a clear conscience, if we've repented of our sins and we're seeking to mortify our sins, we have no reason to shrink away. We have the confidence that we can go before him because we're clothed in Christ's righteousness primarily. Right. And he and we're being renewed um, day by day and more and more conformed to the image of Christ. Amen. Now, I think we are jumping into... Uh verse 13 so where it says therefore i ask you not to lose heart at my tribulation on your behalf for they are your glory for this reason i bow my knees before the father from whom every family in the heaven um, and on earth derives its name that he would grant you according to your riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power and the works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now that was 13 through 21, um, but we're probably only going to get it, get into 13. And then I think that's probably going to be the length of this episode. So where it says up in verse 13, it says, therefore I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulation on your behalf, for they are your glory. Now, what is Paul saying here when he's saying, therefore I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations? Go ahead, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This, is, this is normally my answer at Sunday school when the, when uh, Dana asks a question. I just sit there quiet. Um, uh, well, well, right now he is speaking about, in, about his sufferings, right? His tribulations, right, his, his sufferings. His, his sufferings, therefore, do not lose heart just because... I have gone through sufferings. Um, he speaks about this in Romans 8.18. He said, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Um, also, so in 13, we should, why should Paul's suffering make the Ephesians feel honored? Um, they are your glory, right? Um, if Paul had not preached the gospel, he would not be in jail, right? Right, um, right? But then the Ephesians would not have heard the good news and been converted either. Just right. as a mother endures the pain of childbirth um, in order to bring new life into the world, Paul endured the pain of persecution in order to bring new believers to Christ. Um, he, obeying Christ is never easy, uh, he calls it. He calls you to take up the cross and follow him, as it says in Matthew sixteen twenty four, I believe, um, and Luke nine eleven. I want to say, but um, that is to be willing to endure pain so that God's message of salvation can reach the entire world. 
Um, so we will endure persecution for preaching the gospel, um, for proclaiming God's word to the people, to the unsaved, to the unchurched. Um, we are going to face persecution. So we are not to look at suffering as a hindrance, but actually a blessing. Yeah. Because God's already promised this to us. Um, we should feel honored that that others have suffered and have sacrificed for us that we might reap the benefit. Just like the reformers. The reformers, they, they sacrificed so much. They were martyred. They were burned at the stake. They, they were persecuted consistently. Martin Luther had to flee many times from being captured by the Catholic Church. Um, also, um, John Knox, he watched as his uh, superior, um, his, his past, I want to say pastoral leader um, that was before him, um, was burned outside of the church. And then he ended up taking the role as the lead pastor. Um, John, John Calvin Knox. was exiled a couple times. Yep, and John Knox was actually sent out to sea, came down with scurvy flu, was asked to repeatedly pray to Mary. He was given a golden golden statue of Mary and asked to Ugh. pray for her, and uh, he'd take it, throw it overboard, and tell them to have Mary pray for herself. <laughs> so, so I mean, so I mean, there there are things that we as Christians are going to go through just like John Wycliffe with the Wycliffe Bible. He was the first to print, print it in English and it took him 10 months him and, and it cost his, his many followers 10 months to print an entire Bible handwritten and it wasn't the best translation in the world but there's only a hundred left today and uh, so and wasn't he have, uh, was was he burned at the stake? Um, that was, I want to say yes, but I'm not sure. I know that John Hess and John yeah. Hughes, um, one and, was one was burned at the stake, and the other one was buried, and the Catholic Church went and dug up his bones and burned them. That was Huss, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Huss, Hughes, whatever. And uh, so, John Huss. John Huss. But, so John. I mean... We, we are to go through sufferings. We are not promised an easy bake oven Christian life. So, I yeah. mean, this is not just stick it in and hopefully it bakes to perfection. No, our our, our whole well, and, Christian and journey this wasn't is going to be time that bumpy. This go was, ahead. This wasn't the first time that Paul had said something similar to this. Uh, right. He wrote something similar in Second Corinthians 2. And I'm going to go out on a limb, and I think it, it has something to do with what he says in Colossians, where he says he's filling up the afflictions of Christ. Right. And that's not to say that he is is doing, not like he's become Christ or anything like that, but I think his suffering on behalf of the church can be seen, and I think he saw it this way, and I think that's why he wrote what he wrote about filling up the afflictions of Christ. Right. But Are he you was talking living about out, Colossians 2? Uh, uh, I forget the verse off the top of my head, but it's Colossians 2 something. 2, 9 through 10? or uh, It's Colossians 1. Is it Colossians, uh, Colossians 1? Colossians 1, okay. 24. Uh, now I rejoice in my sufferings yeah. for your sake, and in my flesh I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. <clears throat> so I think he is 
by by suffering the way he did for the church, he is living uh, in a Christ-like way, suffering on behalf of the church. And like we would say that Christ's suffering is our glory because through his suffering and his shedding of his blood and death and burial and resurrection um, is salvation to us. I think you could say in a much lesser way, obviously, that the sufferings of Paul on behalf of these churches was a kind of glory to them because it proved his love for them and that the gospel that he preached was true. Otherwise, he wouldn't be suffering the way he was suffering and enduring that on their on their behalf. So I think it's, it's sort of... Um, like follow me, imitate me as I imitate Christ, kind of thing. Don't, uh, don't be afraid. Don't lose heart at these tribulations. Number one, because you're probably going to experience something similar to what I'm going through. But at the same time, these sufferings are a lot less than what Christ suffered for us to bring us salvation. So we should find joy right. in that and in I, our period of suffering. And I think that also goes with uh, Philippians 2.17, where he's saying, uh, but even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. I think that's going right, right along with what you were saying, that even though he is being um, taken through difficult times he is suffering in the name of christ and he is suffering as a a sacrifice and service of their faith that he has proclaimed the gospel to them he is willing to because christ was willing to do that for us so i think that's 100 percent. yeah and and in second corinthians 11 he actually verse 24 he actually lists a bunch of stuff that he had to go through um, it it goes on for a while, but it's like five times I received the forty lashes minus one from the Jews. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Three times I was shipwrecked. I have spent a night and a day in the open sea. On frequent journeys I faced dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, and dangers among false brothers toil and hardship, many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food, cold and without clothing, not to mention other things, there is the daily pressure on me, my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak. Who is right, made to right. stumble, so blah blah blah. But he, he lists, he documents a lot of stuff that he actually had to go through uh, to, to preach the gospel to the, to every, to the people that he went to, and it's it's inc- we don't really uh, think of so much about exactly we just say suffering and we don't really at least I'm one of the people that when somebody says you know you're you're suffering for Christ I just kind of take that and roll with it and I don't really think about what exactly that means sometimes and uh, right he he lists that it's it's not fun at all exactly so when we we look at the i like how you're highlighting the word suffering on here and how we take it so nonchalant um so i think when we hear the word suffering we're thinking wow he's just being persecuted for his faith well right a lot of us christians we get persecuted for our faith today we get made fun of how we believe in this god that's up in the clouds with a white robe and beard and it's like wow you couldn't be any further from the truth but i mean that's part of persecution 
another part of persecution that we're talking of, that we're speaking of here, is thrown in jail. How many pastors are we seeing in today's society that have actually been thrown in jail um, for preaching the gospel in a place where it is illegal? So we got guys like that who are being thrown in jail. We have Christians who are being slaughtered, decapitated over in Iraq and Afghanistan for proclaiming the name of Christ. Um, we have Christians who are being um, executed by a, by a revolver in the streets for proclaiming the name of Christ. We have people that are being stoned today, and it is still active. Stoning is still act, very active in today's um, overseas. Um, we also, we see this, we see it starting up here in America where it's almost being um, governed to where church will be governed. Christianity will be governed by the governing authorities um, where we're going to be contained by the governing authorities. Um, that's where it is leading today. And we're we're shifting to a time where cotton candy Christianity in America is no longer going to be the, the factor. So this will be either you're going to put up or shut up if you were a real Christian or not. You're either going to walk the walk and talk the talk or you're going to bail out and join with the rest of the goats. Um, that's, that's really where it's le leading towards. Um, we got kids in, uh, where was it, Oregon? Was it in the Oregon shooting where they were shot if they confessed uh, that, that they were Columbine. Christians? Colum that was Columbine. Was it Columbine? Was it, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, where the, where, the, where the kid was asking people if they were Christians. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm, I want to say it's the know. Oregon shooting. I almost, I'm almost 100% positive. And uh, so, I mean, we're getting to a time where Christianity is starting to be very, it's being put under a microscope even further. Well, um, and it's not fashionable. I mean, it yes. used to be fashionable, and that's where you get cotton candy Christianity in the first place. Now it's becoming not the new fad. Now it's an actual social liability. Yes, yes. Now it, exactly, exactly. And I think um, people need to really be thinking about what it means to claim the name of Christian. We are Christians. What does it mean to you? What, what are you willing to sacrifice for Christianity? What are you willing, what are you willing to go through for your religion? Are and you, when you ask what Christianity means, there is a right and wrong answer to yes. that. It's not, it's not just how do you feel about it, how does yeah. it make you feel. Like There is a right or wrong answer of, of what Christianity is. Yep. And it better be biblical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it better not have to do with... Joel Osteen. Yeah, how you, how, you, uh, Creflo how you feel, your feelings, your emotions. Yeah, it's got to yeah. go further than that. It, it's got... It, no doubt that's part of it, but that is not the extent of it. It needs to go a lot deeper than that. Exactly. And I, I, think, I think we as Christians today, we need to start taking the term Christian more serious and holding people higher in accountability when they claim the word Christian in their daily lives. Because people who do not take the word Christian and use it flippantly and don't live out Christian lives or do not 
proclaim the gospel to people out in the world um, as they are told to do, we, we need to take that into accountability and pull them off to the side and go, look, if you're going to claim this, then you need to you need to live by it. Yeah, you, you need, need to, to own be, it. You need to own it or get off the pot, you know? It's more than just a label. Yeah, it's exactly. So that's my two cents. People yeah. may disagree with me. I always disagree with you. No, not on this, but... You shut your face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Christianity is more than wearing a, you know, a WWJD uh, bracelet and toting it around or wearing a a cross around your neck and so everybody can see it kind of thing. It runs a lot deeper than that. It's become very superficial um, for the, like, in mainline protestant churches um and it's unfortunate so got that right do you guys want to get into verses 14 or do you want to save that for another episode i think we'll save it. i think we should save it okay i think we should save it save because it's it's it. going back on the thoughts that he yeah. was going over so we can use that for our next episode um all right guys where can they find us Check out our website, guyswithbibles.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just search Guys With Bibles. And you can also send us an email at guyswbibles at gmail.com. Just check the podcast notes. We're part of the Bar Network. Our brother and sister shows are in the show notes. Check them out. Show them some love. And we'll talk to you next time. It's Guys With Bibles and we're out. We're guys with Bibles, and we're out. I'll see you guys later. Peace. No, you won't. It's a podcast. Whatever. (laughs) Oh, man.